There's a 33 and a third percent chance that you found us by accident, but 141 and two thirds percent chance that you're going to love us. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Words Podcast. I am your host, John Berkey, and with me, as always, is my tag partner, Matt Coker. What, what, uh, What's happening, Matt? I'm sick. It's good to be back. <laughs> Even though you're sick, it's great to be back, isn't it? Absolutely. Have you missed us, everybody? We've missed you. It's been a long two months. It's, it feels like it's been even longer yeah, than that, though, like too. it's been half a year. Gosh, it feels like it's been so long. Uh, but we are back, and today we have a big show. One WWE Hall of Famer might even refer to it as huge, because today we're talking about giants. But first, what do you want to talk about first? I didn't, I didn't write a whole lot down, because I knew you had a good amount. I do. Um, but the one that's most recent and uh, crazy to me <clears throat> is, first of all, right after the Royal Rumble, it was announced that Shane McMahon was fired. Out. Just gone from the company. How do you fire your own son? Well, here's the thing. You don't. What's that conversation he like? He wasn't fired. Really? He's still there. Oh. He was just removed from uh, on-air talent. Okay. But that's not how it was reported at all. No, it was definitely reported as he was fired. Like he, he was, was out. He was a pain in the butt to everybody, and they kicked him out. He and was now, out. He's still there, apparently. Reports well, reports are saying he's still back there. Well, good for him. Stuff. I always, like, that report was always so funny. It's just like, how do you have that conversation? Right. Do you have it in your office? Do you have it at Sunday dinner? Like, <laughs> look, Shane, a text. Nobody likes you. <laughs> Get your crap. This family or the company. <laughs> you're out. Um, I, I think probably the biggest news uh, over the last 24 hours has been Keith Lee Keith arrived Lee. in e- AEW last night. That was my other one, yeah. Which honestly, I kind of forgot that he was a free agent. Yeah. And so when I saw that, I was like, well, he, was, he, he was already off WWE TV for so long. Yeah, he was sick or something. Yeah, and then he came back for all of a hot minute as Bearcat. Bearcat. (laughs) And then he was fired. That was... So, yeah, it just felt like like he's just been gone for a year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited, I think. That, to me, that's, like, one of the bigger... The bigger swipes. Absolutely. Like behind, really behind Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is your, uh, cause with AEW, I'm always looking for that like Nash and Scott Hall moment mm-hmm. where they show up. And I, I, I think this might be one of those moments. Yeah, he's got it. This, this is maybe more so than Daniel Bryanson because I, I, Keith Lee's got his whole career ahead of him. Still. Oh, 100%. Years and years left. Yeah. 
like they, we barely scratched the surface with him of what he can do. Yeah, this was it was the one of the dumbest moves, letting him go. You hear that? Dumb. <laughs> um, have you been uh, have you been keeping up with Peacemaker? I still haven't gotten into it. No, I haven't that's, seen it yet. That's probably not one that uh, I would recommend on a family show. <laughs> um, but it's uh, I mean, if you're a comic book fan um, and and you're you're okay with certain, uh, I'm not really sure how to put this. If you're okay with, uh, with certain, certain issues that, that family men might have, um, it's just not something I would recommend you sit down. Like, do you remember when Deadpool mature, came out? It has mature themes and images. Oh, very mature. Do you remember when Deadpool came out and people were like, shame on you, Ryan Reynolds, for making a movie for 13-year-olds that has all this language? Right. I watched it recently. I'm like, oh, this is nothing now. Yeah. This is nothing compared yeah. to what's out. Yeah. But they definitely should, like, this isn't, this is, again, this is another one of those, don't let your 12-year-olds watch it. Maybe, yeah, definitely maybe not. not definitely. Um, but on, the, on that uh, note, I recently saw an interview, John Cena apologized to The Rock. You have to, right? Yeah. Because he basically said, you know, I, I spent all of that time getting mad at, at Dwayne Johnson for abandoning the WWE and I didn't even realize how much hard work goes into making a TV show or goes into making a movie. Like you, it's not that you don't have time or you're choosing not to. It's like, you can't. Yeah. They physically just won't let you. Um, is the rock wrestling news anymore? I mean, like I the feel things like he does, as of right now, the plan is still to have him come back and face Roman Reigns, not this coming WrestleMania, but the next one. So I would consider him. And and that's fine. <laughs> I, I guess more what I'm saying is like, um, like the rock had this whole thing going back and forth with people on Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Like is this, is, is the lame. rock still relevant to wrestlers? Like when he does things, are we still reacting sure. Sure. from a wrestler point of view? I would. I do too. I I only I can only see him as the Rock. Of course. Like still after all these years, um, I just can't really do that. Um, another cool article I found: uh, Freddie Prince Jr., um, who, depending on your age, depends on what you remember, what you remember seeing him in. Um, but Freddie Prince Jr. did a stint of writing for the WWE and remembers a uh, a time back in 2008 when he pitched uh, Jeff Hardy winning the WWE Championship, and uh, people people were arguing with him on that. And to make his case, he pitched uh, or he he talked about and brought up Jeff Hardy's merchandise numbers at the time, which were higher than Triple H's. Yeah. In a meeting with Triple H. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, that didn't go well. Yeah, what is it didn't it? go well. Apparently, he uh, he left the room fuming, and then they somebody else walked in the room and was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's just, that's just not going to happen. Triple H, take your lumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess lastly, really, for me, uh, Nick Khan, who is, uh, what's he, the chief... 
operations officer. One of the head. He's one like the, the president of the, of the company, but he's not a CEO right. uh, of WWE. Has confirmed that the WWE has taken calls from companies about buying the company. However, they are not actively in talks to sell the company. Yeah, not actively, but that doesn't mean that they're not open to it. Um, Who do you think is going to buy? Who do you think? Disney. You think it's going to be Disney? Certainly. When it happens, it's going to be Disney. You think it's going to be Disney? Because I... they're already in a deal with Disney in other parts of the world Gosh. to air on uh, one of the channels that Disney has on Disney+. Plus. That's not in America. It's like Star or something or other huh. in a couple other countries. They already have a deal with them for that to basically be the Peacock TV for them in those couple countries. It's probably going to happen with um, the UK, too. Um, I mean, it's just it's a massive, massive library of content. And it's a still a big draw for, you know, family content right now. Mm-hmm. And Disney Plus can afford to lose money for the rest of its existence. So why not? You know why I mean? not take a chance? Why not? why not? Just like, yeah, we'll buy this entire, I mean, decades and decades of content that's still being made. That's fair. That's almost a guaranteed moneymaker, or at least enough of a draw that it makes their um, streaming service that much more appealing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It's, the That's same, fair. it's the same reason that Peacock, you know, has the network right now mm. is, you know, even if you don't want to watch anything else on Peacock and you just want to be able to watch WrestleMania, you know, and you're still, the you're four, still the coming four, out great. The big four, you're paying 10 bucks a month. Yeah. You're paying 12 bucks a month, whatever you're paying. And that's such a big change from paying the $60 or whatever you have to pay to watch the AEW pay-per-views once a yeah. quarter. Like, it's it's a big draw, man. Which I've never done. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I always, so. I always watch those back alley feeds the <laughs> next day. <laughs> pirates. Or pirates who steal feeds. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess really as far as recent news, I mean, we could go back over and over and over for well, the last even, two months. Even when the night that we recorded our last podcast from the previous season, they did the same thing they had done to us two weeks before. And while we were recording it, WWE had another massive firing session. Do you remember that? Like, we were complaining about it happening the the two weeks prior. Yeah. Like, this big news dropped while we were recording on, a, on the Thursday night we recorded it on. Yeah. And then it did it again on our last show, and we were mad that we couldn't talk about it, and then we're gone for two months. Yeah. But now it's, it's old news. But, I mean, I thing, things have just... Not they moved quickly, and none of it's been great. Well, and, and what I've heard is is with the firings is they're <coughs> trying to they're trying to trim the fat in order to make a buyout seem yeah. appealing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not super loving it. I know the fans are not super loving it. Um, right, because it, feel, it feels it feels like there's not a lot of care going into things. No, and it's felt that way for a really long time. But the more these rumors about them trying to sell it have come out, now it really just feels like they're biding their time. Like, well, you know, we'll try and figure something out to, you know, pad the storylines until someone buys it, and then it's their problem. Yeah, that's what it's starting to feel like, and I don't like that. It's rough. It's going to be rough. Well. That's it for our uh, our wrestling news segment. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the road to WrestleMania. Keep it here. 
Hey everyone, I'm Joshua Horka, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing the tabletop role-playing game Heart, The City Beneath by Grant Howitt and Christopher Taylor. Before we get into the game, something definitely needs to be said about the art and illustrations in Heart, masterfully done by Felix Mayall in the UK. Whether you're a digital artist yourself, a tabletop RPG book collector, player, forever DM, or curious first-timer, the illustration in Heart is deep, vivid, captivating, and evocative. I couldn't help but flip through the pages over and over just to lose myself in Miles' fascinating rendition of the wild and twisted Undercity masterwork. Speaking of wild and twisted, the official blurb of Heart says it all. Heart, the city beneath, is a game about delving into a nightmare Undercity that will give you everything you've ever dreamed of, or kill you in the process. Heart is a game of wonder, horror, tragedy, and humanity in the face of inhumanity. If that doesn't raise your eyebrows and curiosity, I don't know what will. Heart takes place below Spire, a monolithic structure that pierces the sky. This also happens to be a setting for another game by Howitt and Taylor called Spire. Down here, flesh, stone, forest, and bone all mingle in a shifting reality of wilderness. One of my favorite mechanics in the game are callings, the reason your character would dare traverse such a maddening landscape, whether it's glory, enlightenment, or even forgiveness. Your character's calling grows with you as you delve into the deep crimson of heart. Mechanically, the game is a D10 dice pull system in which you assemble based on the challenges in front of you. You'll usually roll one to four of these and take the highest rolling die, then compare it to a simple chart that tells you how well you succeed. Like other RPGs, Heart has a class-based character system. Unlike other RPGs, Heart features interesting classes such as a junk mage, cleaver, or even a deadwalker. Heart, the city beneath, drips with an evocative setting and strong sense of story-forward gameplay. If you're looking for a fresh new game for your table, Heart, the City Beneath might be the next game for you. I'm Jeshua, and this has been Reviews of the Nerds. to the two words podcast we're much like willie nelson we're on the road again the road to wrestlemania that is but what was once a great three months of storytelling and matchmaking has fallen flat in recent years and this year seems to be back on track to do the same with uh what i will say is an incredibly unbelievably insanely mediocre royal rumble like not 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 necessarily bad. Like, a lot of people have been jumping to the it was a terrible Royal Rumble thing, and I don't think so. No. I just think it was boring overall. There were a few bright moments, but just mostly just kind of, eh, okay. It's, it, it's, it's that moment uh, where Michael Scott is talking to Andy about his performance in the Barbara Seville, or in, in Sweeney Todd. And he says, uh... Says, if I thought you had done better, I would be saying better things. If I thought you were worse, I would be saying mean things. But I thought you did okay. You did exactly okay. Did exactly okay. <laughs> and that's really, to me, that was what the Royal Rumble was. I think it was mediocre um, at, at bad. Like it was really not even mediocre at best. It was just mediocre. Like I, I don't think there's any way you can look at it. Um, the matches were fine. Yeah. The storytelling was fine. Except, but, except in the Rumbles. There weren't a lot of storytelling elements in the Rumbles. And that's the thing. Aside from, like, Johnny Knoxville and uh, 
the whole thing was Dang. completely predictable. Yeah. I mean, we we literally had to change our predictions so that we both had different right. picks on some of them. I, I feel like we, we almost, we would have chosen nearly everything the same yeah. for every match. Yeah. Like, I think there was only one match where we both had a very different idea of who was going to win. And then that changed based on the results of other matches. Yeah. There was there was no major surprises because you had told people about your surprises. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you told everybody that Johnny Knoxville was showing up mm -hmm. and you tried to do that weird storyline with Sami Zayn because mm -hmm. because that's a thing, I guess. And, <gasps> you know, you told everybody that uh, Mickey James was showing up. It was cool, though. It's one of the best moments. Awesome. Her coming out with the the knockout championship belt. Yeah, and the and the big country uh, mm -hmm. theme song and 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 changing up their look. Just that, that was really that really ten good. minutes of Mickey James and that persona. I enjoyed much more than any of oh. the, anything she did in a recent run with WWE. Yeah, which is not a knock on her, but it's uh, it's a knock on what WWE tries to package people as. Yeah, they made her be who she was in the past. Instead of letting her be a, her new character. You here, could have you know? done so much more. Yeah, you could have done something really cool. Um, and, and, and I mean, there, like, one surprise, and that was Ronda Rousey. And I'm not even sure that was, that wasn't even surprising. It surprising. wasn't even a surprise because it, it, well, it got spoiled uh, 24 hours in advance. Oh, really? Okay. she was there. Like, she was spotted in town, just out on the town doing hey. things. <laughs> like, oh, I know why you're here. Is that, is oh, that? And she had, and she had signed a contract the, the day before, and that got reported on. Is that like, okay? Well, we know what's happening. Is that she, former bantamweight <laughs> women's champion, women's UFC champion Ronda Rousey? Huh. Wonder what she's doing in the same city that they're doing the Royal Rumble in. She tried, man. She tried to trick people though, because she got on and did yeah. a video game stream, like really close to the start time oh, really? of the Royal Rumble, trying to make people think that she was at her house. Just like, like, no, I'm not there, guys. Dolph Ziggler did that because <laughs> yeah. he was like, he did a comedy set, did a comedy set, and he was doing yeah. a comedy set at the beginning of the pay per view, right? And then he showed up in the Rumble. <coughs> um, <laughs> so I don't kudos for trying. Let's just I mean, say that. <laughs> yeah, Bad Bunny was the only thing that made me mad, and I don't know why it made me mad. I'm just like, he did. I mean, he did fine. He's he's an impressive. Uh, athlete when it comes to the celebrities. Yeah. Like, probably the best athlete, athletic celebrity guest we've had. Um, but, like, he should be done. He had a, he had a pretty good storyline that ended last year, and that should have ended it. We shouldn't see him back, especially for a one-off in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I think that... <sighs> With bad, but I don't think he should have been in the Royal Rumble. It didn't make any sense to do that, um, especially just so that they can push the storyline between Damian Priest and Sheamus again. Right. Which it seems like that's been going on in the background for a year still. Um, but Bad Bunny, I think, has made me realize that um, I've done a lot of like hating on people just for enjoying their lives. Yeah, we were this, yeah, we both both had that same realization with Bad Bunny. Just for being happy, initially, yeah. Just for doing good, and he did. And really, I mean, you watch you watch that WrestleMania match, and if it hadn't been for that story, and I didn't know who Bad Bunny was, I would have loved that match. Right, 
And I, so now I, I, I like look it. back yeah. and go, you know what? It's good. I was um, pretty surprised. But yeah, it, it's hard. And I and I don't think I don't think we're entirely to blame because <laughs> it's been hard to find the good in wrestling since the pandemic hit. Yeah. And uh it's been it's been rough for us wrestling. So fans. when we yeah, so when we when we see things that we're like, no, this can't be good, we just jump into it right away. And yeah. it takes a bit to convince us otherwise. And, and, I, and I think that's all wrestling fans right now. Yeah. And I think you know, <laughs> It doesn't look like the road's getting any clearer because, you know, you have Elimination Chamber that's going to be taking a place in Jeddah <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning for uh, for anybody in New Mexico. It's what what it'll be ten here. Yeah. It's noon Eastern noon, Standard noon Eastern, Time, right? Yeah, noon Eastern, Gosh. nine Pacific, ten o'clock here. You are having your <clears throat> third coolest pay-per-view at noon <laughs> it's gonna take away from it a little bit but um i don't know remember the last uh the last pay-per-view they made for saudi arabia it was actually pretty great like both of us came back from that we're like yeah that was pretty decent was a good pay-per-view that was enjoyable. I, Nothing bad happened. That was the that was the headline. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. It was it did it didn't suck. It wasn't the worst thing ever. Um yeah, I don't It didn't make me feel embarrassed for Shawn Michaels. I mean the only Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think really the 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 only saving grace is like I have something to do that night. Mm. And so I was like I was thinking about like, man, I don't think I'm gonna be able to watch that because I got a church event that night. And I'm like, Oh, it's at noon. Whatever. Cool. I guess I can watch it. You know, great. Um, but what do you think to clean up the road to WrestleMania? What What do you envision is the best course of action? Give me some of your ideas. You know, that's a good question, and it's a hard one to answer. I I think, especially with the title picture, we we are looking at Brock versus Reigns. Of course, is the big headline. I'm enjoying. I really actually, the thing I love the most about the Royal Rumble was the Paul Heyman screw job yeah. situation there. That felt very 90s WWF, like the stuff I liked. Because there used to be those kind of turncoat situations like once a month. Yeah, all the and time. And it was always fun. Like it never felt old um, back then. And so this was a, that was a really cool moment. I, I'd like to see that continue to play out. But now from a, a, more of a... Roman's got the upper hand kind of thing. Yeah. As opposed to what they've been doing with, with the storyline before. But I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they're gonna put the title back on on uh Brock at Elimination Chamber and it's gonna be a champion versus champion, possibly a unification thing. Like a winner take all kind and of thing. I, yeah, I don't know how that's gonna go. I don't want Roman Reigns to win both titles. But they're, I feel like he would. They're going to unify the universal title with a title that's already been unified. Right. <laughs> Gosh. Um, so I don't know. That can be, that might be a very impressive match. In fact, it probably will be a very impressive match. But also, what do you do after that? We got Goldberg coming in for no reason again for Elimination Chamber. Like, I just, you know, Big E is out the door. Like, they're done with him. He's not going to be a main eventer anymore. They moved him back to SmackDown. He's back in, you know, New Day with, uh, with um, Kofi. 
yeah right now and you know that's that that just that flopped and that only flopped because of the pandemic because he was supposed to win but they had to yeah. change everything of day one at the day one pay-per-view uh and so that changed everything at the royal rumble yeah and so the only the only thing that I see like super positive that I'm excited for right now is the RK Bro and Alpha Academy thing. <laughs> I hate Alpha Academy, I... but I'm I'm enjoying the 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 academic battle that they had and the weird the weird non wrestling things they're doing with each other. Yeah, I mean that's entertaining. They had freaking Shane McMahon throw Riddle over the top rope in the Royal Rumble, like. Guys, this is currently the only thing that's working. Don't make Riddle look weak. Yeah. <laughs> just just to appease Shane McMahon. Right well, and that's go. one of the things that I think we need to we need to move we need to work on moving forward between now and April, yeah. which part of the problem is that uh Elimination Chamber falls on February 19th. Right. And uh, WrestleMania is on April. Is it like April second, April third? Yeah, it's quick. It's April. one of those two. It's just one of those two. It's too long of a time to not have anything. Oh, there will be another pay per view. It'll be Fast Lane or something. Is there? Because I've looked and there didn't seem to be anything. Oh, almost certainly. I don't think they'll let it go six weeks. I don't. And that that they need a Fast Lane. Yeah. They have to they have to do something, but it's like it's this weird like floating moment where they only have six weeks. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you take elimination chamber and then two weeks and a pay per view and then three weeks in WrestleMania? I mean, it just their, their scheduling is a little off in my yeah. personal opinion. I wonder. We're looking it up. I wonder because that would be that would be a rough wait if we're doing. Right, they don't have anything. They don't have anything scheduled. Yeah. No way, bro. So it's it's. But yeah, even if they don't have anything scheduled, it's weeks. too. It's it's cramming a lot in there. Um. So I think their scheduling is is really off. I think they need to. I think they just need to come out and say, "Listen, we made a mistake. Um, we're gonna push WrestleMania back." To one night. <clears throat> yeah, and they're not going to do that because what this shows is there's only eight pay-per-views in total this this year. Day one, Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Crown Jewel, which will be another one in Jenna. Saudi. And, uh, or no, this will be in uh, Riyadh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and then Survivor Series in November. I'm sure they'll throw one more in there somewhere, but it looks like they're cutting back on pay-per-views yeah. this year. They really they really need to go back to one night for WrestleMania. Absolutely. I'm, I can't. It's just, even if it's long, it's better than doing it twice. That That's kind of the appeal, though. Like, the appeal yeah. is, and, and we joke about it, but it's like, the appeal is showing up at two o'clock and not leaving until eight o'clock or right, you know, yeah. whatever. Like it's it's like the Super Bowl. Like you start watching yeah. the pregame stuff, you know, at noon. You have lots of food. Watch it all the way. Yeah, yeah. It's a party. 
that's I don't that's, need two nights of that. That's what it is. Um, I think that there needs to be a story for the Intercontinental title going into WrestleMania. I keep forgetting it even exists. There's so little happening with because it. Because it's on Shinsuke Nakamura. And, yeah. I, and I don't understand how. <laughs> I don't understand how, like, Shinsuke Nakamura is the worst thing to happen in the Intercontinental title. <laughs> but it somehow has been. And I am, I'm really, I'm kind of sick of joke storylines, right? Like, like, I think there needs to be one reasonably serious tag team rivalry. Sure. And I don't think the Alpha Academy and RK Bro, like when that goes into WrestleMania, I'm like, okay, I guess it's, it's, it's a fun storyline, but it's not WrestleMania storyline. Sure. Like, it's not. I mean, but it's the only comedy bit, really, they have going right now, unless you count Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville, which I do not. And I, and I get that, but I also don't think now is really that, like, I think any other time is great for comedy bits. I don't love comedy bits when we're getting ready for, ready for WrestleMania. Hmm. Like, I just, I just don't. I don't think, I think WrestleMania needs to be set apart as something that's real and, and trying to get us as close to real as possible. And so, I don't know, who is the SmackDown Tag Team Champions? Is it the Dirty Dogs? I think it's still the Dirty Dogs, yeah. Wasn't that the name of the band from, uh, from Flight of the Concords that stole their record deal? <laughs> It might be. I think it was. It might have been, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think there needs to be something, you know, in in you know, give us give us New Day in the Usos again. I'm great with that. Give sure. us, you know, yeah, what have the Usos something. been doing lately? Like barely anything. They've they've been they're just using them as like henchmen for Roman yeah. Reigns, and I, it, they could just be a lot more than that while still being henchmen to Roman Reigns. Yeah, I feel like the only storyline they've got figured out at least partially is the main yeah. titles and that's and that's been you know up in the air and and tossed about for the last two months yeah uh and changed so many times like we got ronda rousey now challenging uh charlotte at wrestlemania yeah which who's all that coming why why Ronda Rousey and and Becky Lynch is is the match, and so the only thing I can see is either that's going to be the match, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, which nobody cares, nobody asked for, nobody likes either of them really right now in WWE, yeah. or we're going to see a triple threat, which nobody wants. We don't <laughs> want another triple threat at WrestleMania for the you, Women's Championship. You can't have a title versus title <clears throat> match. You can't have two title versus right, title matches right, right. at WrestleMania. And they're not going to let... Pick one. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Would they let... Well, yeah, Rousey would have to probably win WrestleMania. Because Rousey's only got a year contract anyway. Yeah, at this It'll point. It'll take her through the next WrestleMania. At this point, just to break things up. Um, I, I will say, I, I know that people have not been completely uh, pleased with her promo performances. But uh, I will say that her calling Becky Lynch Rebecca <laughs> just makes me chuckle. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like love it. it. That I, is that is one of the great things she's got going for her right now. I know she's not the best on the mic, but I still enjoy her as a character. You know, it's it's something different. 
it's we're going back to the bad bunny thing i think i just wanted to not like her and i look back and i'm like why didn't i why like why didn't i why did i want to hate this um and granted i think she got booked kind of poorly right at the beginning yeah um because her first match was a was a mixed tag match with kurt angle and yeah, triple in the triple h's like that just didn't it just didn't make any sense um but i i, I that leads me to my my third and final opinion um i think there needs to be a women's match for something that is not a championship yeah we really don't see those all that often anymore there's no there's pay-per-views i think that would make yeah i think that would make the women's uh women's division so much stronger if they could devote some time to storylines and we know they can do it because they did it yeah they did a great job back with the the whole women's evolution thing that they did they were doing phenomenal it was the first time ever that i cared about the women's wrestling matches they were no longer you know go to the bathroom matches and like so we know it's possible yeah. Do do something. Who is the women's tag team champion? Um I don't even remember seeing those belts in a months. They were on Baszler and Nia Jax. Right, but Nia's been fired for a couple months now at least. I don't know. You now I have to look. <laughs> um Tamina and Natalia. Natalia. They're still the champ. Oh my God. They're not even on the pay per views. No. They were in the Rumble. (laughs) Gosh. Oh, man. They immediately gave up on those championships. I mean, they really. Everybody was pretty excited about them. I liked liked Jackson and Baszler's run with it. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Yeah. It was a whole lot of fun. (laughs) Um. Uh, what what do you guys think head over to our social media at two words ltn that's whatever social media that you prefer um at two words ltn and uh let us know what are what are some some things and adjustments we can make on this course uh to make wrestlemania back to its former glory um, but that's, uh, that's, I think that's all that we got, mm, which um, isn't much, which isn't much, but I've given us a lot to work with. They're, they're <laughs> not, but I, I even think these little changes and then, you know, the rest, the rest is just fill in the blank stuff. Um, like it's always been, but, uh, I, I think you got to do something to push as many people on. This is your biggest stage. This is your biggest thing. I mean, I remember when, when now all of your big matches are, are championship matches, which I remember when the biggest, one of the biggest matches was a uh, five on five championship or a five on five tag match to figure out who is going to be the general manager mm. for Ron Smackdown between uh, Teddy Long and John Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. Like it mm-hmm. was cool. It was good. It was, it, it had something. But now it's like, well, if there's not a belt involved, who gives a crap? Right. If it's not The Undertaker's last match, then yeah. why, why would we do a non-title match? Yeah, it's done. But anyway, well, we're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we got some big talk. <laughs> Thank you. 
This week in nerd history, checkmate, meatbag. Nerd history. In the late 80s, a team brought on by IBM was working on a computer that could beat the world's best chess player, world champion Gary Kasparov. The second version of this machine, named Deep Thought, took on Kasparov and lost in 1989. After years of upgrading and a rename to Deep Blue, a play on IBM's nickname Big Blue, it faced Kasparov again in a six-game matchup. These upgrades included training by chess grandmaster Joel Benjamin. In the first game of the six-game matchup, Benjamin's training seemed to pay off, beating Kasparov for the first time on February 10th, 1996. However, over the course of the next seven days, Deep Blue lost to Kasparov three times, and they drew on another two games, meaning Kasparov won 3-1. to one. Deep Blue once again underwent an upgrade with the unofficial nickname of Deeper Blue, doubling its speed before its second rematch with Kasparov in May of 1997. Deep Blue went on to win with one game more than Kasparov in the tournament of six games. This version of Deep Blue was able to see up to 20 or so moves ahead. In the 44th move of the first game of their second match unknown to Kasparov, a bug in Deep Blue's code led to it to enter an unintentional loop, which it had exited by taking a randomly selected valid move Kasparov did not take this possibility into account and misattributed the seemingly pointless move to superior intelligence. Subsequently, Kasparov experienced the decline in performance in the following game, though he denies this was due to anxiety in the wake of Deep Blue's inscrutable move. Following his loss, Kasparov didn't exactly lose gracefully. He accused IBM of human interference. After his protest went public, he demanded a rematch, but IBM had already dismantled Deep Blue, seeing the project as complete. IBM initially refused Kasparov's request for a printout of the machine's log files, but they did eventually publish them online. Kasparov once called Deep Blue an alien opponent, but later belittled it, stating that it was as intelligent as your alarm clock. Game Over, a documentary about these chess matches, attempted to answer the question of if Deep Blue cheated, but could not prove anything. Eric Hosen, a colleague of Gary Kasparov, says that, I'd say the best evidence that they didn't cheat, or at least didn't need to, is that right now, Stockfish on my iPhone would give Deep Blue a run for its money. The other thing is, how would it cheat? Chess is all above board. The only thing that could beat the best chess player is a better chess player, and that's what they built. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Welcome back to the Two Words Podcast. Let's be honest. If you're a professional wrestler, you're probably a big guy by real people standards. But there are a select few whose size is so unbelievable that it makes them who they are. It's a great tool, but you kind of got to know how to use it. So today we're talking about big guys. And, and I think the caveat to that is their size has to be astronomical. Like, I know that, and, and we'll get to, uh, we, we, we polled our listeners, um, but there, there was some stuff on here like people want to talk about Big E. Big E's a, a, a large man, but he's, he's not, not a big he's guy. He's not gargantuan. He's not a giant. Um, I'm talking about your Andres. I'm talking about your big shows. I'm talking about your Kings. So I, I guess... The first question is, who is the best big guy out there? Is that where we're gonna go first? What's your uh, what's your what's your best? You know, I I have a hard time picking the best. I, I think 
I know it might be cliche and it might be just shows how much of like a mark I really am, but I, I really got to go with Big Show. Really? I feel like okay. I really do. Okay. Um, and, and because I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, and I'm going to talk about this more in depth here in a minute, but I'm not a big fan of guys who like being big is their personality. Like the only thing you have going for you mm. is being big. And there was an argument to be made that for a, a good while that was big show. And he was unsuccessful. Right. <laughs> But yeah, then yeah. it started to become, uh, you know, I, I prefer guys like like Kevin Nash or like Kane or like The Undertaker or like Luchasaurus, guys who are, you know, I forgot about Luchasaurus. six foot eight, six foot nine. But there's also a personality there. Yeah. Big Show is one of the only people that I've seen that can mesh those two things mm -hmm. together. I agree with that. Um, you know, especially he was able to use his size, but he was able to use his size to compel people. So, you know, yeah, he could walk into a match and start throwing people over the top rope and, you know, be the big angry monster and nobody could touch him. But that made it all the much more interesting when he walks into say WrestleMania 20, what was it? 28 with the inter uh, to win the intercontinental title against uh, Cody Rhodes. And then on that next extreme rules, it made it so much better when Cody Rhodes put big show through a table. Now it was on accident, but it was still like, it was still a fun thing. And, and big show was able to create this, this storyline that, I really worried if he was going to beat Cody Rhodes. And when he beat Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, I was like, this is great. This is awesome. I, you know, like it, they were able to do something more than just, I'm a big scary monster. True. Which is what they, you, you know, uh, I don't know if you ever watched young rock. Um, but there is an episode where they're going back to when he was a little kid um, and his dad was working for his grandmother's promotion there in Hawaii and they were putting together this rumble and they were talking about, you know, okay, you know, Sika and Afa, you guys are going to do this. And, um, uh, I cannot think of the Iranian wrestler, the Iron Sheik. Iron we're talking Sheik. about Iron yeah, Sheik. Yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. do that. I don't know why I spent so much time on that, but <laughs> Iron Sheik, this is what you're going to do. And somebody goes, Andre, are you listening? And he turns around and was like, I'm going to get in the ring. I'm going to smash two dudes' heads together, and then everybody's going to gang on me, gang up on me, throw me out of the ring, and then I'm going to go back to feeding my birds. <laughs> and everybody's just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what you're going to do. <laughs> like, that was how they booked big guys. And not to take anything away from Andre, but um, to me, that's why I think show really pioneered the big guy thing. But, I mean, that is how they booked him in every Royal Rumble. And that <laughs> was. Know, he always came in, and he was always the guy that everyone had to eventually gang up on. But, no, he's he was definitely a he was a more charismatic big guy than I think most are. For some reason, most big guys have the the feel the need to be like looming, quiet yeah. presences, and he was not that. Uh, even when he first came to WWE, uh, my my the very first time he saw him was at uh, the one and only Saint Valentine's Day Massacre yeah. pay per view, where uh, 
Stone Cold and Vince were having a match in a cage, and Big Show, or Paul White, as they called him that night, it's Paul White, ripped the ring apart from underneath yeah. and climbed out and threw Stone Cold through the through the cage and accidentally caused him to win because he broke the cage and that sent yeah. uh, Austin to the floor. But like just that first presence of it had that comedy element to it, but also that scary element to it. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that this was a, a big acquisition from WCW, which you didn't see a lot yet in WWE during those wars. You saw it go the other way. Like it was a, it was a big first moment. Yeah. And I feel like he le- lived up to that uh, for the major- the majority of his career. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason he's been around much longer than most other big men. Yeah, and and it was it's <clears throat> using his size to tell a story that compels you is so important. Like, I remember I saw him, and this is when he was when he had that short run as a heel. Um, back in like 2011, 2012. Um, but I remember going to a show in Lubbock where he had a cage match with John Cena. And like, I watched John Cena pick him up (laughs) and just like walk around with him. And you're just like, that's how, like, that's how you use your size to make other people look really, really strong. And like, they were able to tell something really fun with that um and then you go into like the opposite spectrum of that with a guy like luchasaurus whose thing is that he's a luchador in a dinosaur mask Mm -hmm. and he's seven feet tall um which you can't teach apparently i was unaware you couldn't teach it i thought you could um or a guy like lance archer who um you know used was is a big guy uses that size but also uses his own presence like Lance Archer would be Lance Archer without the seven feet tall I think because he's got the murder hawk and it's awesome yeah um guy like Undertaker I mean we never brought up the Undertaker's size and he's like six ten. yeah he's my number one he's my favorite um and I remember the what I liked about him is that he still had agility it was it was hidden and he reserved it um but like his thing where he was like Tightrope walking. Yeah. <laughs> what was that move called? I don't even remember. They just called it old school. Oh, okay. It's old the school, dumbest yeah. name. Yeah. But like every time you saw him do that, it was a surprise because you forgot he could do that. You could, how can this giant guy have that good of a balance that he can not only tightrope walk on the thing, but actually make an impressive like flying lariat or whatever out of it? Like it was very beautiful. Um, you but, forget that he's that size and that he can do that until he is a man that size doing that. Right. And like he was the first person that I, I watched do the choke slam. And yeah. for a while that became the big guy move. Like yeah. every tall guy did the choke slam. And like for me, it always felt like they were ripping off the Undertaker because I just felt like he did it so well. Yeah. Um, but his, his, his storytelling, that's, I mean, that's the reason you just said. You know, we never talk about his size because he had so much more going for him than just his size that made him such a compelling character yeah. for so long and a great, phenomenal uh, wrestler. Uh, just... Same way with Kane, though, too. Kane as well, yeah. Kane was Kane was the same way. People people don't give Kane the uh, the athletic credit that 
Um, I think he gets, but like he told a really good story, but it, it his size never came into play, which is why he was able to tell such, you know, compelling, such believable stories. Yeah, and Kane could do that thing where he'd have a run where he is just this frightening presence. Yeah. Just coming and destroying. And then his next run would be the, you know, comedy run with X-Pac or Daniel yeah. Bryan, and it'd be hilarious. And like he had that, like we didn't, we didn't ever really see a comedy run with with Undertaker. Yeah, but we to see an Undertaker esque character, an Undertaker connected character, be able to switch his personality around like that, and you believe it every time. Yeah, no matter which way it is, like that's that's something super impressive too. That I don't think he gets enough credit for. Yeah, that bit backstage <clears throat> with uh. Hogan and the Rock, like that's that's such a fun uh-huh. that's such a fun thing. Um, uh, what about Mark Henry? Do we count Mark Henry as I a giant? Count, I would okay. count Mark Henry. Mark He's Henry did use his giant, size, but he is yeah. a big. I feel like Mark Henry is another one of those. He was he did use his size, but it was somehow he still got away with like using it in a compelling manner. I put Keith Lee in the same. In the same role. Yeah. With, uh, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, my least favorite big guys. Uh, uh, let me add Andre the Giant and Kevin the Nash. Kevin okay. The Nash. Kevin the Nash. Kevin the Nash. Big, big Daddy Cool Diesel. Um, Kevin Nash. <sighs> Kevin Nash was amazing. Mm-hmm. We do not talk about how great Kevin Nash was. Um, because in a group... Where your smallest guy is six seven in Hulk Hogan, <laughs> you're the tall guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you're the big guy. And like that to me is is amazing. And he was able to he you know, he played that bodyguard so well for Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and and then he went and did longest yard. And he was fantastic in that movie. And most recently, he's headlining a movie about uh, COVID-19 sending the world into a uh, post-apocalyptic nightmare. And he he's trying to save the world. Oh, we are, wa- we are doing a watch along <laughs> with that. If, I, if ever there's a movie we need to watch along, it is that. Um, okay, so my, my least favorite, and I think we can just universally all say it at the same time. One, two, three, great, great colleague. <laughs> he is the worst. He was so bad. He was like a building that had just grown arms and legs, and he was trying to figure out how to use them. It's so, it was so terrible. And, and and they never put him with anybody that could like help him do promos or talk. Um, it, it was, oh, it was awful. Um, the giant Gonzalez, giant Gonzalez. Who, and who could have been so great had they not been like, let's put him in a bodysuit with fake fur all over it and make it look like he's naked. Yep. That was great. Well, it almost looked like he was filleted. Like his skin was off. Like you were seeing just his musculature yeah. and then Ugh. hair on top of it. Ugh. Uh, Kurrigan. From the oddities, you might not yeah. even remember him. No, I, I I know who you're talking about. But he yeah. was he was very he was like he was like the the white great Cully. Like he yeah. just very similar. Uh, I got Heidenreich on here, Gene Snitsky. It, 
Oh, Snitsky. Gosh. <laughs> he was the one that punted the baby, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think if I could go back to try to save one dude's career, I'd be like, listen, man, they're going to try to pitch an idea where you punt a fake baby. Just don't do it. Cause you could, you can, you can be something, but you can't, you can't let them let you do that. Um, yeah, Snitsky was Snitsky was awful, awful. And we, you know, I, I didn't even realize we talked about uh, Kevin Nash and how great I thought he was in The Longest Yard. Yeah, that movie was so good it made Great Khali look good. Was he in it too? Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. He was he was the real big dude that was in like solitary you're confinement right. playing yeah. ping pong. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I even liked him in that. Um, His movie's called Lockdown, by the way, the new movie. The new movie. Oh, we'll, we need to watch Lockdown. Um, uh, Lars Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. I th- do you think Lars Sullivan could have been could have had more had it not come out? Oh yeah. Like his start was rough. Is you know the whole weird. Uh, I used to be bullied. Now I'm the bully or whatever thing that he Make was people doing. People eat bugs. But. Yeah, had the, you know, that just could have been a false start. We could have built off of it into something good. But yeah, those those weird rumors that, you know, I'm assuming they're probably true. I don't think they were rumors. I think somebody <laughs> found, I think somebody found the video. Yeah. Um, I, that, yeah, that Because I saw like a thumbnail and he was fully clothed, but I saw a thumbnail and I'm like, that's, that's definitely Lars Sullivan. Definitely the guy. Um, and he never came out and was like, no, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. <laughs> That wasn't, I didn't, uh, yeah, that, also, that things up. I, also like fix your teeth, dude. <laughs> and I'm not here to make fun of, but I really don't want to make fun of people the way they look or, you know, they, but you are signed to a WWE contract. Hey, Roman Reigns did it. Yeah. Got, yeah. At some point you got to do it. If you're going to be a big star. Well, what was it? Uh, what was the Tom Segura bit about teeth? He's like, if you have messed up teeth and you're hungry and you only have a hundred dollars Put that hundred dollars towards fixing your teeth. <laughs> um, uh, I got almost on here, which I don't need to really explain. He just has no personality. He's, he's twenty-seven. Did you know that? I, yeah, you told me that the other day. I'm like, that's eh, pretty impressive. But yeah, you know, grow grow some grow some story talent here. Uh, Mabel or Thank Viscera you. or Big Thank Daddy you. V. Thank you. No. I've hated every iteration of Mabel, King Mabel, whatever you want to call this dude. Now, look, pretty dang athletic for a 600-pound and none-of-it-be-muscle guy. Yeah. But, uh, no. (laughs) His best role was as a henchman in the Ministry of Darkness, and that's it. Yeah, like he 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 tag teamed with Midian, the guy that wrestled naked with a fanny pack over his wiener. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that was his best role. And they also, let that dude win King of the Ring, man. They let yeah. him win King of the Ring. Why? We just sat by and watched it happen. We just let that happen. A note I have about since uh, Snitsky is that he punted a fake baby and then just became some dude obsessed with women's feet. Yeah, they made him really gross. Um, and then I, I put awful. now this is controversial, and I put Big Cass on the worst. But there's a reason. Explain yourself. There's a reason. I put Kaz XL on the best, and I didn't mention it yet. Okay. Big Cass was great, but he was, uh, this This really gets down to the personal life. He let his bad habits and bad choices yeah. 
ruin his career. He could have been something, and he was building, being built up to be something amazing in WWE. Like, they split him off of Enzo because they thought he was going to be this next big guy. Yeah. But he let his, his own junk mess that up. But now he's gotten sober. He's gotten, you know, his war wounds from, from his mistakes. He's learned from it. <coughs> and he's doing great in wherever he's he, – is a GFW he's in right now? Or he's uh, – he's, he's been popping up in different places. Yeah, he was in Impact for a while. Was he? That's right. He yeah. was in Impact. But he has been doing independent shows. Yeah, but he's been doing much better from what everybody can tell. And uh, he looks better too. Yeah. So. Well, we took uh, we took to the social medias and asked some of our fans <laughs> who their favorite uh, big guy in wrestling. And uh, let's take a look at some of the best of these. Um, uh, Jason Pisani. That's Italian if I've ever heard it. <laughs> um, sorry if I totally said that wrong too. It's like no, it's Australian. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kane, because he's mayor, uh, his storytelling as uh, Team Hell No with Daniel Bryan was great. Funny stuff and good wrestling. Uh, he also loved Big Show. Uh, I was a big kid and identified with them. I think that's that's mm-hmm. good. Like that's Big Show really was the first like, hey, this is a fat guy, <laughs> and he's not being made fun of. I like that. Um, uh, Matt Williams mentions Kevin Nash because he's from Detroit. Yeah. That's a good reason to like I mean, somebody. Why not? I, I, if Matt's from Detroit, that makes a lot more sense. Probably. Um, now, one thing I do want to note is uh, Drake Blevins. And um, I think I've had some interaction with Drake via Facebook and that sort of stuff um, just in the comment section. But I have to argue with him because he says, Keith Lee, I've never seen a guy his size move the way he does. And that's just not true. Because it's just not true. Expound. Um, Tell him why he's wrong. Undertaker. Spit in his eye. Kane. <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow. Vader. Bam Bam Bigelow, for sure, yeah. Um, I mean, all, all guys who were that size or bigger <laughs> and moved in an athlete, like, just watching them was like, you. now, I will say that, and and this is a distinction I will make is that Keith Lee is probably the most explosive big guy that I've ever seen. Like just to watch how quickly he moves. Yeah, maybe that's what is 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 very uh, is very good. A um, lot of fans of the Undertaker. Of course, everybody really loved the Undertaker. How could you not? Um, Brian Falk loved the Undertaker. Um, Raga. Love the Undertaker. Some of these were taken from Facebook, and some of these were obviously taken from somewhere Discord, where you yeah. don't use your real name. <laughs> um, uh, Justin Donahue. I've got to go with Bam Bam Bigelow. I was more interested in WCW during his heyday, and he is easy. He's one of the most athletic big men in wrestling history. See there? We're just throwing around this phrase. Does this phrase mean anything? Most athletic <laughs> big man in history? Maybe I'm the most athletic big man in history. We're calling Biggie Langston, uh, you know, a big guy. Like, no. We're drawing. We got to draw some lines here. Um, uh, let's see. Not a lot of love for Andre on this list. Just uh, uh, just, Matt, just, just Matt, Matt Hooper. Hooper said him. I think someone other person said him. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, I definitely, we definitely didn't mention Bam Bam Bigelow or, uh, Vader. I really love Vader. I don't have a lot of experience, uh, in, in, with watching Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, but, but Vader, 
man, such an enigma of a human being. Well, there's also Big Boss Man. There's uh, JBL. Like, that dude was seven foot something. Wasn't yeah, it? you do forget JBL was very tall. <laughs> I just think, just like that scene in Shrek. What am I? Really tall? <laughs> um, and Kwig27 says, for me, it's lame, but it's true. Brock. Again, where are we drawing the line on big men? Right. Because, I really because feel like he's right on the line. He definitely stood, because I think he's big, but then he stood next to Amos, and he looked like a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> um, or there's that picture of him next to Shaq, and he looks like an action figure. He looks yeah. like a toy. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. Well, here are, uh, before we go, a couple of big facts um, that I have that you may not know. Uh, three, to be exact. Um uh, so everybody knows that Andre the Giant was the tallest uh, professional wrestler, um, or he was the he was the biggest professional wrestler at seven feet five hundred and twenty pounds. However, he was not the tallest professional wrestler. That distinction goes to Jorge the Giant Gonzalez, who we mentioned was awful. So it's, he was it's, huge, though, man. He was. He was so tall. He um, the giant in the name, and. And while Andre was the tallest WWE champion, he was not the heaviest WWE champion of all time. Uh, Yokozuna is the heaviest WWE champion at nearly 600 pounds. We didn't even bring up Yokozuna, did we? 600-pound dude that can do a super kick. Yeah. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, And uh, also, fun fact, just to get out of the WWE, uh, 7-foot-tall, 300-pound former TNA tag champ Matt Morgan gave up the trunks in favor of a suit and tie and is now the city commissioner in Longwood, Florida. So uh, if you're out and about and you see a giant, uh, just go talk politics in Longwood, Florida. <laughs> or wherever Kane is in there. Or where, yeah. Uh, somewhere in Tennessee. Is it Tennessee? Yeah. I want to say it's Knoxville, but it's not Knoxville. It's like, it's like knock, knock Tennessee or something like that. <laughs> um, it's very similar to Knoxville. Well, that's our show. We hope you had a great time. We are so glad to be back and hopefully, uh, we will be back for a very, very long time. Uh, if you have not, which I don't know why you haven't, go over to our socials right now, whatever social media app you want to use. Go to that search bar, type in at two words LTN. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, a little follow. Um, that's so much fun. Or if uh, if you'd like, I know that, that many people may be listening on Spotify or Google Play or Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast, but uh, maybe you want to listen to us on uh lovethynerd.com where there are a whole host of other podcasts that you might be interested in mm-hmm. but this podcast unlike a lot of those podcasts is exclusive to LTN radio no that's not true <laughs> we're the only ones we're the most important all all of all of our podcasts are exclusive to LTN radio <laughs> they don't play anywhere else <laughs> but we are one of the exclusive podcasts Listen, man, I'm just, you gotta, you gotta try to fake people into thinking we're a big deal. We are a pretty well listened to show. I'll give you that. It, it is. Uh, and, and we are so thankful for that. And so, uh, keep on listening, tell your friends, keep on listening. And, uh, we're going to be back here next time. Couple talking weeks about, from now, yeah. talking about the little guys. So and, that's uh, going to be a fun, 
Oh, we're doing a little guys. We're doing a little guys. <laughs> we're, we went big, and now we went went small. And uh, we'll recap uh, whatever happens if you're, at if you're, Nation Chamber. If you're too big of a wrestler, <laughs> yell. If you're too small of a wrestler, right to yell. So big, too big, too small. Overcook, undercook. <laughs> you charge too much for glasses, sweaters, right to jail. Um, like uh, title belts. We could right make a jail. Parks and Rec podcast, I think. But we're not going to. Uh, but uh, until the next time you hear from us, my name's John, his name's Matt, and if you're not done with that, well, we got two words for you. Bye. Athletes.